Welcome to Fanboy and the Hater, a podcast hosted and produced by Mike Hall and Jim Harris, where we discuss the best and worst in movies, TV, and pop culture, edited by Jim Harris, and music by Mike Hall. Well, Jim, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but in the last little over a year or so, this thing happened called covid and with that COVID came a lot of quarantining, a lot of isolation, and a lot of people didn't deal with isolation very well. And one thing that was noticed was in trying to figure out how to deal with the isolation, a lot more people turned to mobile gaming and online gaming for a sense of, of community, for social interaction, and just to occupy their time. So, Jim, up until COVID, what was your background in online gaming or mobile gaming? Prior to that, most of my gaming was online versions of board games. So digital versions of board games that I would play on my tablet mostly. Mm-hmm. So that was mainly what I was doing. The, the interesting aspect of the like confinement and containment and social isolation thing was a little bit funny to me at first because I work from home. So I already spent a vast amount of my time isolated anyway. Because mm-hmm. other people had jobs where they had to go into the office. So I was kind of on my own during the day. So that aspect of COVID really didn't weird me out as much as it did others. But it did start to weird me out of the very few times that I actually did get to leave my house and have some type of social interaction got taken away by COVID. So it wasn't so much the overwhelming effect or feeling of isolation. It was just a exaggerated effect of sort of my normal routine. Mm-hmm. But definitely from a gaming perspective, I'm not really much of a video gamer. I have terrible hand-eye coordination. <laughs> you could just simplify that by saying terrible coordination. Terrible coordination in general, yes. <laughs> so I have my version of quote-unquote gaming is pretty much the digital versions of board games because I'm a board game geek. That's fair enough. And that's actually how we met. We had, yes. There's a, uh, we had, there's uh, what was it, a meetup group. Yes, a meetup group. Yep, that was doing board games, and a friend of mine was part of it. He brought me in. I was like, oh, what a bunch of nerds. I fit right in. A board game group called Social Introverts. Yeah, yeah. Which, which, again, as our, the person who ran that group was like, I know that sounds like an oxymoron. <laughs> <laughs> but introverts do occasionally like to socialize. Yeah. But, yeah, that is how we met. Like, we were trying to figure it out earlier, like five or six years ago. Something like that. Something we'll, say, we'll split the difference, say five and a half. Five and a half. That's a nice round Give number. Give or take. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for me, uh, I I started, it was a website called Pogo. I don't know if you've ever heard of that or not. I have. Um, that's where I started. I spent years, I would just kind of go to the same the same games on that website, like all, all the time, the same rooms, chat room areas, whatever. So I developed a lot of friends that, actually, I still have some of those friends to this day from that. So for, for people who might not be familiar with it, what is Pogo? Um, it's kind of like what you're saying, almost like board games. Like there's like a checkers game. Uh, uh, I played Solitaire a lot, actually, is what I played. But then... How very social of you. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> basically, it's got the game and it's attached with the chat room. So oh, you can okay. play with people or you can play like solo games. 
but you're in a chat room at the same time, so you're talking to people while you're playing the game. Now, is it literally uh, like a text chat, or is it like an audio component text. to it? Just it text only? Text. Yeah. Okay. And that was, I started that at like 16, 17. Like, my mom played in there all the time, too. So, like, oh. I was like, oh, that looks fun. I'm going to start doing that, too. So, I mean, different groups. And it was broken down by, like, you could, like, join in, like, age groups. So, you know, this, these games and chat rooms are set for people in this age group or whatever. You didn't have to prove you were in that age group, but that's kind of where it was. So, I, I guess I'm... I mean, everybody knows I'm weird, but I'm weird in that, like, I am very introverted, but at the same time, I can get along with people in groups really well, and people don't believe me when I say I'm introverted, and then when I explain my childhood of never really wanting to leave my room all that much when I was a small child to, like, only having a couple friends, and then at the time that I was playing on that website all the time, like, I actually lived in an apartment building, like, there was people around all the time and I shut myself in my bedroom to, to do that all day telling all them to shut up and go away so I could be by myself so I mean that that's pretty much what I did I, pl I am a video game person but I don't really play online all that much so yeah I don't know is that it's, something it's so weird. is that something you've never really been into like a lot of I, again I'm in, I'm ignorant of, of video games is do all, most of them have an online component yeah yeah, a lot of them do, especially now. Actually, there's quite a few games now that you can only play online. Oh, okay. And that's that. I'm always been a solo person. You okay. Know, like again, going back to that, the Pogo. I played solitaire. I played solo games. When I buy video games, I I only want the campaign solo mission type video games. So I'm I'm not really into it. I mean, I I like having people to talk to when I want to talk to them, but otherwise, I'm like just leave me alone. As I'm sure you have, you're well aware of. Indeed. So, but did you actually use the chat feature on Pogo? Did you actually chat yeah, with people yep. a lot? Oh, okay, you did. Like okay. I said, I've I actually ended up living with somebody that I met on there for a while. Oh, okay. And like, yeah, I've I don't know technically or not, but dated people that I ended up meeting on there. Like I said, I've still got friends to this day that I met on that. And that for you, twenty years ago. And for you, uh, work was weird because you used to work from home. Yeah. And right <laughs> around the time that COVID hit. Was when you started a new job, correct? Yeah, yep. I worked for home from home for seven years, and the month that they were started talking about quarantine was when I started a new job working in an office. <laughs> and guess who got COVID? <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I've been playing online games. Some I kind of hit and miss on some mobile games here and there. Uh, nothing really stuck. Before COVID... I'd started playing a game called Empires and Puzzles. Okay. Which was like one of those, like, you match three, and then that creates an attack for this person, and then, you you know, that type of stuff. But it ended up costing so much money to be competitive that it got annoying. Yeah, so I kind of stopped playing that. Yeah, I guess I really should call it most of my online gaming is, is mobile gaming. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, basically, I use a tablet because I'm old. I can't really play mobile games on my phone. The screen's too small. Yeah, so that's I, really what I should call it. Maybe mobile gaming, not online gaming. Same. I started using a tablet, and actually now I'm using a Chromebook. Yep, yeah. I, I switched off from an iPad to a Chromebook. That's what I've been using now. So did anything change for you when COVID hit? Are you still just doing the same games? I probably bought more digital versions of board games. Board games and card games. Like I, One of my uh, longest-running playing games is a game called Hearthstone, which is made by the Blizzard, which is also part of the the developers that were around Magic the Gathering. 
So there are some okay. similar, but not the same concepts there. It's a card collection, card combat game that you do play against real people. But there's a very limited chat feature. Like you can become a friend with somebody on there and then you actually can do a little bit of chat. But it's mainly just you're playing against a real person, not against a computer. So it's slightly more social. So that was a game I played a lot of. But then I started to just download, uh, buy and download even more uh, digital games. Again, mostly digital versions of board games. But I did miss board games. Board games was one of my social outlets for gaming because I don't do um, video gaming. So it was, like I said, we met in a board gaming group. So I did enjoy, there were board game meetups that played like once or twice a month. And up until just around the time that COVID hit, I was still fairly active in those groups. And losing access to that kind of sucked because that did lead, that took away the, the and, and mainly when I went to those groups, I enjoy playing the games, but it was mainly for the social interaction aspect. Because if I just wanted to play a game, I can just sit at home and play a game. There's a lot more more games and more variety of games available in person because not every board game has a digital alternative. But I did go more to not only learn new games, but to interact with other people. So it was a little bit more fun to talk smack and, and joke around and stuff like that while you were playing. So what I'm hearing is you want me to unlock my door and let people come play games again. Yes, for a while, for a while I know Mike and I meet at a board game group. We also used to have a, a regular board game night at your house for a yeah. while. Yeah, until everybody was just too tired because we did it Friday nights and everybody was so tired. Like, I don't want to play a game. I just want to watch TV. And I'm like, I can watch TV without you guys. Screw you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, I want to play a board game. <laughs> so after COVID hit, one of the things that did happen with one of the groups of people that I would play board games with actually literally did go online. You've heard of Steam, right? Mm -hmm. So Steam has is a, is a platform, and one of the apps you can buy on Steam is called Tabletop Simulator. And this is actually where I actually did have to use my computer, not my tablet. So I just mm -hmm. played on my laptop, and it was truly online gaming. But Tabletop Simulator basically created a digital environment for you to play board games in. And a lot of the board game manufacturers, even before COVID, would use it as sort of a, a testing ground for the digital versions of some of their board games. Mm -hmm. So me and a group of like four other people would get together almost on a weekly basis during COVID to play board games that we would have otherwise played in person online. And I think the best part of that was that there was a, there was a chat, a text chat, but most of us turned on the audio chat, so we actually mm -hmm. wore headsets and we actually got to talk. So it was not only the gaming aspect, but there was also the social conversation aspect of talking while we were playing. Yeah, and I, I'm so unliked that I downloaded that and then you guys stopped playing just to keep me <laughs> from playing with you guys. <laughs> I eventually had to, I played with them off and on probably for the first six months after quarantine started. But then I got to a point where I really needed to upgrade my laptop because it was just taking up too many resources to run that thing. And um, I was sounding weird on the audio because my computer was so slow. It would make my voice sound distorted and there would be a time lag. And then the game started to be laggy. So I ended up uh, gradually stopped playing uh, with them. But for about six months during the height of the early quarantine into the midsummer, that's mm -hmm. basically was my alternative. And it was a great place to go because... In addition to board gaming, it was where we actually could talk about things like, you know, did you know anybody who tested positive for COVID? And that was one of the groups. This was even before you did. 
So this is one of the groups we've heard about people in our extended social circles actually testing positive, people who got sick, mm -hmm. uh, even people eventually who would, would die. And that was what we got to hear about some of those things and also talk uh, opportunity also to talk people out of conspiracy theories and just wild things that they were hearing and misinformation <laughs> that was rampant during 2020. So that was also better than relying on other echo chambers and social media or even traditional news media that sometimes ran with some of the yeah. conspiracy theory-like stuff just to get clicks and viewers. So it was interesting to have that aspect that it wasn't the only thing we talked about, but it definitely came up from time to time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for me, like I said, I was playing Empires and Puzzles, and then like I said, I quit that because I didn't really want to be spending that much money on it to be competitive. So I decided to, I was looking around for a game that I wanted to play solo, that I didn't have to interact with anybody. I could play casually here and there when I wanted to. I didn't have to show up for events. So I saw an advertisement for a game called State of Survival, which is like a zombie game where like you have a settlement and you're, you're trying to train troops to, to fight the zombies and survive against the zombies and gather resources and, and all that stuff. I'm like, oh, all right, that'll work. And I start playing that. And, oh, now you have to, in order to keep surviving, you have to join an alliance. I'm like, ah, son of a bitch. All right, <laughs> I'll join an alliance. So I, I joined one. And then not far into it, apparently I was doing well enough that people kept trying to recruit me over to their alliances. And eventually I joined one that was actually pretty, pretty big in the state in the game, which is basically a section of the game where a bunch of alliances are that they fight each other and stuff. And of course, now it's a game that you have to pay to be competitive and you have to be there for events and all the stuff that I didn't want to do for the other game. But <laughs> I did find such a, such a strong sense of community within that alliance it's actually the idea for this came from the Alliance leader. I, I kind of threw out like, hey, any suggestions for the podcast? Because he listens sometimes. And the bear told me, Let, <laughs> let's, let's talk about, you know, online gaming, mobile gaming and COVID. And I'm like, that's a good idea. We should talk about that. Because realistically, pretty much everybody that's there, this was what they did to keep themselves sane during COVID. Well, yeah, like I said earlier, it's like I was already used to a certain degree of isolation working from home, but it was definitely ratcheted up to a whole other level during COVID. And lots of people were just going batshit insane. Oh, yeah. It's just people who are just not used to that degree, any degree of social isolation. And there's only so many things you can watch on streaming services. And there's only so many other ways you can distract yourself. Plus, again, none of those things really had much of a... I mean, people were trying to, like, hate watch things together on social media, and that only had limited effectiveness for some people. So I think the social aspect of online gaming was more appealing, more, more of a community, and uh, maybe more friendly or more entertaining yeah. and enjoyable uh, than maybe some of the other outlets that people had access to. So it was definitely very, very important to a lot of people until the weather started to improve, depending upon what part of the world you're in. Yeah. Uh, and depending upon what state the uh, pandemic was progressing in the part of the world you were in, it was definitely a, a huge outlet for people. Yeah, it's not going to lie. It was kind of funny to me to watch some of the, oh, my God, I don't know how to deal with this isolation. And I'm still sitting here going, God, I'm dealing with people too much still. Will people go away? 
<laughs> yeah, like we said earlier, it's like your isolation actually went in the opposite direction because you went into a, an office job yeah. and you were also going to work sites. So you're actually probably interacting with more people. Way more. During the pandemic, like you said, which is why you got infected with COVID. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's, I think it's kind of funny too because even within the introvert group, you guys are like planning events and I'm like, eh, I don't really feel like peopling. I'm just, I'm going to stay home. <laughs> I, I got enough to do at home. I'm just going to sit. So even amongst introverts, I'm introverted. <laughs> You're intro introverted. Right. But yeah, I don't know. It's, it's been interesting to see the community too, at least in that game for me, just the wide variety of people where, you know, generally speaking for online gaming and finding that, that social network gaming online is not new to introverts this is what a lot of us have done for years because that's the only way we really get that social interaction that quote unquote professionals always say is quote unquote required for quote unquote happiness <laughs> that's a lot of quote unquote <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's been a lot of people coming in that normally wouldn't be playing games that are coming in and, and learning and enjoying it and finding out why it is such a big community. I think it's it's just been very interesting to me to see just the variety. I saw, I saw in some of the groups that I was interacting with that the bar lowered. Sometimes gaming groups can be a little clicky and yeah. have low degrees of tolerance for people who suck at the game. And that seemed to go down a lot in the pandemic. Mm -hmm. People were just enjoying any type of interaction mm -hmm. and the enjoyment of the game was not as paramount as it had been prior to the pandemic. People still wanted to win. They still wanted it to be enjoyable, but they were a lot, they seemed to be a lot more patient with newer players. And there were definitely a lot more newer players coming yeah. into online and mobile gaming because of the pandemic. The, uh, the barriers that separate the clicks kind of widened. Yeah. yeah, you know, I, yeah, I see what you're saying, and that's that's true. And just out of curiosity, when we started looking at this, I decided to look it up, and they, the numbers I saw was that mobile games increased in downloads about twenty to thirty percent through COVID. So I mean, it it's a big increase, I'm sure. But uh, another part of that said that the amount spent on mobile games, like in-app purchases, didn't really change. I was wondering that in terms of because um, there are so many free or free-ish games mm -hmm. if it really led to people wanting to spend money on gaming or not well that's that's one thing the state of survival the game that i've been playing is you can you can play for free and there's it's highly enjoyable free you're not really going to be competitive overall with everybody else if you're playing for free it's it's pay to win but you can play for free and one one really cool thing about the the state that i'm in and the group that i'm in is they're very open. They're like, oh, you're free to play? Well, then come join us when we're doing this, and we'll get you, help you get more rewards so that you can grow faster. And they really help each other out that way. Whereas a lot of other games, like, okay, you're not being competitive. You just go away, and we'll, the competitive people will group together. Exactly. Yeah, and, the that, closest... and that does happen sometimes in that game, but not with the awesome group that I'm in. Yeah, the, the closest equivalent to me, again, would be Hearthstone, which is a mobile game that is free to play, but... You also can pay for stuff with money, with actual money if you want. So it's a mm -hmm. card collection game. So if you really want to improve quickly, you can pay for, with real money, the best cards in the game mm -hmm. and create 
sets that are very difficult to beat and kind of takes a little bit of the enjoyment out of the game. Or you can do what I usually do, which is just if you you get sort of in-game credits for just playing the game. And if you play longer, it builds up more in-game credits and then you can buy stuff with that. And I think that because people had so much excess free time Mm -hmm. during the pandemic, I'm guessing that they probably just put in the time because you're paying for it either way. You either pay for it with money or you pay for it with time. Right. And if you have an excess amount of time, then maybe you just go with that route. So I definitely played a lot more often, as I'm sure a lot of other people did well as well. And they probably just opted for, eh, I can just spend 12 hours playing the game as opposed to paying like 50 bucks to jump ahead a level. Right. Because I have plenty of time. <laughs> well, you're also, also run into it. I guess with this game that, that I've been playing too, there's a lot of people that, they're working from home now, mm-hmm. and they've just got this game up on the side while they're working from home. So they're just kind of multitasking, right. doing a little bit of both. So it'll be interesting to see when and if people go back to the office or go back to work you know, in person, how much that gaming will drop. Oh, yeah. There's definitely games that you can multitask with easier, and mm-hmm. you can obviously do that much easier when you're working from home as opposed to working in the office, where if you were... I mean, obviously, if you're using a tablet or a phone, you're... Well, I guess you could be using the work Wi-Fi network, so that could mm-hmm. be slowing things down a bit. But obviously, if your boss walks by your desk and you're playing a game when you're supposed to be working... Right. <laughs> but when you're working from home, that kind of goes away. So one of right. the like arguments that a lot of people are getting into or debates a lot of people are getting into now... Again, I spent a large portion of my career working from home, so it wasn't a new thing to me. Some of the people who were at home during a pandemic, it was the first time in their career... That yeah. they had ever worked from home. So not only was the excess amount of free time and social isolation freaking people the fuck out, but once they started to get used to it, now the debate is, I don't want to go back to the office. Right. And I'm make and it makes me wonder is like, are all of those people who joined in with online gaming and mobile gaming because they didn't have another outlet because they were under quarantine? Are they gonna stick with it, do you think? Or are they just going to forget about that? I think it's going to be a slow fade. Slow fade away? Yeah. The, as they start transitioning back to their normal life, they're going to do the online gaming less and less. And leave me the fuck alone, finally. No. <laughs> <laughs> now, this game that in, that you played that suggested this topic, did you start playing it after the pandemic started? Um, or before? Actually, I'm trying to think. I think I actually played it for about a year before. But it was like real, like, Every couple days I was signing in. Like, I wasn't really playing it, playing it, playing it. But then after, when this hit, when everybody else was getting really serious with it and stuff, I started more and more. Now it's it's almost like a second job now, really. Because, <laughs> I mean, I wake up, I got to catch up on the game stuff that I missed overnight while I was sleeping. And then I get ready for work, go to work. Sometimes I try to sign in while I'm at work to do something quick if there's an event that I need to show up for or something. And then get home from work get back to the game and then kind of leave it up while I'm doing everything else. And that's, yeah, it's a weird combination of a lot of fun and work. You know, one, one thing I did do though, kind of going back to what you're saying about uh, the game you play about like the more you're on, the more you kind of build up credits and stuff. Right. There's a lot of uh, video games that I've played. That's kind of a similar thing. Like you have shops or whatever. Something is earning you money while you're online or while you're on the game. And so what I would do when I work from home is I would start that up, 
go work. And then like once every hour or two, come check on it, you know, do whatever I need to do to keep it going and just build up credits all day long. So then I could buy all the weapons and everything way earlier <laughs> than you'd normally be able to. Yeah. I did that all the time. Like just basically let it run for a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, for me, most of the games that I was playing pre COVID I'm continuing to play. So, I mean, I just bought more of the same type of games. Some of them were free. Some of them were actually one-time purchases. Some of them had in-game purchases. Again, these are all pretty much mobile gaming. Uh, although even with Steam and Tabletop Simulator, there was a bunch of games you could play for free, but you also could buy games. Yeah. Um, so, but I, I had a tendency to spend, uh, I had a tendency to pay with time as opposed to paying with money. So I didn't really, I started gaming more and playing more games. And now that the pandemic restrictions are starting to lift, I still have, again, an excess amount of free time because I work from home. So I can't really say that it's like going to reverse me from going back to why am I getting air quotes? You quote unquote work from I home. do quote unquote work. <laughs> I do sometimes actually work work from home. But yes, I am a freelancer. So work is a very fluid state for me. <laughs> I go through weird states of ridiculous amounts of activity where there's not enough time in a day to get everything done that I need to get done to weeks of tedium <laughs> where I am waiting for heightened activity to start back up again where I have a, a ridiculously uh, excess amount of free time. But yeah, it definitely comes and goes. But I don't think it's really going to reverse any of the trends because again, I was already doing mobile right. gaming the only thing I guess I would say that post COVID, not that we're post COVID, but now that we're getting into a, a different phase of COVID, now that at least in the United States, the vaccines. Twilight of COVID. Huh? The twilight of COVID. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's difficult to say. But at least in the United States, we have vaccines that are available, and a certain percentage of the population has gotten vaccinated. We've, we've both received both uh, two shots mm -hmm. of the Pfizer vaccine, I believe. Yeah. So. And a lot, uh, and also states like the state that we live in now are lifting restrictions. So now, yeah, whether or not you, that's a, you go out here and it's pretty much everybody forgot about it. Yeah, it's gone back to the honor system where a lot of things. It's like it's up to you if you want to wear a mask or not. So yeah, so in other parts of the country that's lessening, loosening up. In other parts of the world, it's loosening up slower. But also in other parts of the world, like India, the the coronavirus is still raging. So the right. pandemic is not over. But this summer compared to last summer is very different. Yeah. So with those restrictions starting to lift, especially where we live uh, in our hemisphere, it's summertime. So people are doing more things outside. Although, again, even during the height of the pandemic, one of the few places that was safe was outdoors. So people were running outdoors whenever they could. Mm -hmm. But now that it's summertime, that's happening even more, regardless of the restrictions. Right. But... I'm still gaming and I, I'm, I will continue to because I have an excess amount of free time. The thing that I probably will stop is I do prefer playing board games in person. Yeah. I do play a lot of mobile board games because I like, there's some games that I like and they're fun to play. Because one of the nice things about mobile board games is you don't have to set it up. You don't have to remember the rules. You don't have to keep score. <laughs> <laughs> the app does all of that for you. So it's a lot easier to do. But you lose all the social interaction stuff, and I am looking forward to hopefully being able to return to in-person gaming, board gaming, soon. Well, to be fair, all that stuff is Reese's job when we're in person, so. 
Yeah, it usually falls on the person who owns the most games, which in our group <laughs> is Reese. Uh, but every now and then we have some games that are unique to people. Yeah. But yeah, I am looking forward to... It's still going to have to be in a relatively controlled-sized group. Yeah. yeah. But I am looking forward to returning to that in-person board gaming. Uh, do you think you're going to do any less gaming because uh, we're starting to see lessenings of the COVID restrictions? No, I don't think so. I mean, my life didn't really change all that much. I've always kind of joked that the only thing that's different in my life between, you know, during COVID versus pre-COVID is that I hear people complaining about COVID and about isolation now, like everybody else is bitching because they have to live my life. And otherwise, no, nothing's really changed. So online gaming for me or mobile gaming for me is going to stay pretty much consistent. What about you? Yeah, I would agree actually on both of those points. Like we've talked before off mic that a lot of the things that people were talking about, how they were struggling psychologically with the social isolation and the things that they were trying to adjust to in COVID and how, oh, that was just so unhealthy for you and, and you can't live this way. And it's like, I've lived that way for a very long time. Right, exactly. <laughs> that is my life. That is like, I'm, I understand why it can be negative to people who are not used to it. Yeah. But for people like us who it was more normal, it was just kind of weird to hear people kind of like crapping on our lifestyle a little. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I mean, like you said, though, people, a lot of people weren't used to it. And I honestly think that online gaming and mobile gaming saved a lot of lives during this. A lot of people that would have gone into horrible depressions had that social aspect that they were missing. So it, it saved them. It gave them something to keep to keep them moving forward. Oh, definitely. Like we said, that people were struggling with they had more free time than they were used to having and less people to spend that free time with. I think it was sort of like a, a combination effect. Not only yeah. were like they didn't know what to do with themselves because they weren't used to losing, uh, having so much free time, but they were also not used to losing or maybe took for granted the social connections that they had, and it just kind of fell into a depression. And yeah. sometimes it was online gaming was the only quasi or pseudo social thing that they could connect to while living under the restrictions of quarantine and stuff like that of COVID. And if you took that away, yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's statistics out there for it, but that had to have had a positive effect yeah. on people's mental health and overall psychological well-being. I mean, a lot of times gamers get crap for this too, about mm -hmm. not having a rich enough social life and not interacting enough. And, and if all you're doing is gaming, you're losing out on participating with people in the real world well then the real world kind of got pulled into gaming culture right and it's like hey you know what this actually is positive or can be positive and supportive so it definitely did help a lot of people i think yeah and and beyond just losing out on being near their friends and stuff people were forced to be with their significant others and kids and so that was even more depressing Oh, yeah. There were some people who actually were, were going into online gaming, not because they were felt alone, but because they couldn't get the fuck away from the people that they were forced to quarantine right. with. <laughs> Go dare you force me to be near my loved ones. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, like you had said at one point, even when you were living with more people, you still would go into your room and like, yeah. just like, shut the fuck up. I'm going to go play a game. I, I, I should probably elaborate on that, too, and I, what I meant by that. So, like, the, the building, the apartments I lived in, there was four buildings. Each building had six apartments. Each apartment was three bedrooms. 
So in the building of six apartments, my friends and I had three of the apartments Oh, in that building. So nine people living in court, close quarters that we just doors stayed open all the time. People were coming and going. People were over all the time. And I was always, you got go to one of the other apartments. You guys go over there. I'm closing my door. I'll stay here. I'll stay out of your way. You stay out of my way. We're all good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, for the people who were trapped, for lack of a better term, with, with their family or other arrangements, uh, needed an outlet, mm-hmm. and they couldn't go out for that outlet, so they had to go online for that outlet, and gaming was definitely a probably one of the more positive outlets that yeah. they could find. I don't want to talk any more about it, but just I, I do find it interesting too how many how many couples end up splitting up because they realize they don't actually like each other. I saw a lot of that type of stuff where people's like, I actually had to start talking to my boyfriend or girlfriend or spouse or children or other people who are now too close to me. And oh my god, I hate these fucking people. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, so may, so maybe the less social social dimension of online gaming was a safe space for people who needed something, but not something that was in person, which a lot of gamers, again, before the pandemic happened, were like, Mm -hmm. yeah, we get it. That's why we like gaming. Right. But now people were forced to confront that dimension and maybe had never explored that dimension before. Right. And like we had said earlier, it brought a lot of new people into gaming and it might actually, going back to your earlier question, whether or not my gaming happens will change after the pandemic. I think a lot of people who got into gaming not for the gaming during the pandemic might stick with it for the non-gaming aspects to it. Yeah, they, they realize, I mean, I think the draw for a lot of us introverts has always been we can stay in our, like you were saying, safe space. We don't have to be physically near people, which I don't know about you, but it makes me nervous. Like, I... <laughs> I don't like being really close to people, which is why you're way over there and I'm way over here <laughs> while we're talking. Um, but it gives you a chance to like you can talk to people. You can get mentally close to people without having to physically be close to people. Yes, that's a very good point. So like I, I know one thing I have a problem with and it happens all the time is I'm talking to somebody. You know those people that they just feel like they have to be right in your face when they're talking to you. Like yes. basically like shoulder to shoulder with you. Mm-hmm. And that drives me absolutely nuts. We, I, they chase me around basically because they step closer to me, I step away. They step closer to me, I step away. And we'll migrate around an entire building doing that. It happens all the time at work. And so it allows me to be able to hold my ground, stay in my safe space, doors locked, windows shut. Nobody knows I exist. I could be a robot talking to them. It's all good. It's all good. I can definitely see that. So, yeah, I, I definitely think that people who came to gaming new because of the pandemic might stay, but not just for the games. Yeah. For me personally, I don't think my gaming habits are going to change very much, other than maybe I did experiment with some digital versions of board games that I really would like to play in person, mm-hmm. which was kind of what I was using digital board games for anyway, to learn, like, it was a board game I had never played before, learn the rules and learn how to play it, playing against the AI or someone online mm-hmm. before I irritate people in person playing it. But I don't think other than that, again, I was doing that before the pandemic anyway. I don't think my gaming habits are going to change post-pandemic either. Well, it sounds great. So you're going to have all your strategies and everything already in place when we start playing. So we just get dominated. Exactly. 
Although the one thing I will miss about tabletop simulator in Steam is it lets you virtually flip the table, Ah. which obviously is not something that would be partially funny once in real life, but it is so fulfilling to do so online. So that was like when we played (laughs) tabletop simulator uh, last year, whoever lost or whoever finished in last place got the privilege of being the one who would flip the table. I don't think I've ever actually flipped the table, but I have gotten so mad. I I hit the table so hard that everything went flying. I was like, we all just kind of look at each other like, I'm sorry, I'll clean that up now. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I, I think is interesting as well, there's been a rise with the rise of online gaming has also come with it a rise in people watching online gaming. So yes. you get like Twitch streams and YouTube streams and Facebook lives and stuff like that. Is that something you've ever really paid attention to or looked at? The only forays I've gone into that have briefly been sort of instructional videos or educational videos. And again, mainly because I'm a board game geek. It's about, okay, here's a new game. Is that a game I would like to play? So maybe I'll watch a short video of them of people playing an, an expedited round of it. So you get the idea of what the game mechanics are and how it interacts and stuff like that, whether or not you would actually like to play the game. But in terms of like actually watching people play the entire game, again, I'm a board game geek. That would be super boring. But I'm also not a video game guy. I know that Twitch is used a lot to watch people play video games. Mm-hmm. And I never really quite understood that part of gaming culture. Is that something that you watch a lot? Uh, I don't really watch it, but I know of it. I've got some friends that have Twitch streams, uh, and I've heard it. It seems to be more about, again, the social interaction, where people that love the game, you know, they can watch people that are really good at the game while also having a conversation about the game while it's being played. Oh, it's kind of like watching a sport, and you're able to, like, chat with the athlete while he's crushing it. Yeah, Or she's crushing it. Pretty much, yeah. Oh, I guess I never really thought about that aspect, but I could see how that would be interesting. Yeah. And so, but for me, I mean, I, I've watched some YouTube channels of like, okay, I'm having trouble with this game. I'm not quite getting everything out of it that I should be. What are some strategies? Something like that. Or I can't quite get past this part. What am I missing? Or I can't find this chest. Where is it? Or something like that. And that's the stuff that, that I've watched. And, and I know there, there's been a big increase in Twitch use and YouTube use over the pandemic and and i mean it's unrelated to gaming i know it's a lot of like movie reviews tv reviews type stuff has gone into just a lot of people are doing that now and i know twitch has gotten an interest is in an interesting situation right now because it's always been gaming but now you've got mostly women not all women but mostly women that are now starting to use that as like an only fans type thing where they're getting subscribers and getting monetary value out of it so what they'll do, what I've seen, I've seen it on news and stuff like that, where they're talking about it, where like they'll wear a bikini or something and be in a hot tub while they're <laughs> playing a game and they're not even really playing the game. They're just, it looks like they're playing the game. So they're not violating the terms of service, but they're getting a lot of attention. And so a lot of, a lot of the gaming community on Twitch is like, hey, you need to kick them off of here because you're taking viewers away from, you know, the ones that are actually playing the games. And Twitch is like, well, they're not violating terms of service and they're bringing people in. So let that go. And I know uh, I've seen a couple of them doing that. One of them, I 
I used to follow. Um, I, there's a lot of them that are doing stuff like that. So I started following um, like cosplay people. Oh, okay. On YouTube. So like, I don't know, was it five, six, seven years ago or so? Comic-Con started actually coming here. Yes. And I saw the cosplay community there. And I'm like, oh, that is awesome. And I got really interested because I kind of wanted to do that. So when I went, when I joined Instagram, that was one of the first things I saw. I was like, oh, these high-level cosplay people. And then I look at their Instagram, I'm like, oh, so there's two different versions of their cosplay. There's the professional going to Comic-Con cosplay. And then there's the give me money and see my skin sexy cosplay. <laughs> And that's what they were going over to Twitch for. And so one in particular that I was getting in trouble for is one that I initially started following for cosplay. And then she kind of stopped doing cosplay. I was like, okay, I don't, whatever, delete, pay attention to the ones that are. And actually, it seems like because Comic-Con's been gone for the year too. Yes, I think the last one was virtual. Yeah, so a lot of the cosplay has kind of gone out the window over the last year too because there's no events. Right. For them to go to. So a lot of them are turning to like the Twitch and, and stuff like that, where gamers are usually at trying to fill that void. And I've been wondering about that because I've seen more about OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. Uh, people like who during the pandemic either lost their employment or had their employment reduced and were having trouble supplementing their income or finding other ways to supplement their income, especially if there was someone like me who's a gig worker or a freelancer who didn't have access to as much and for good reason unemployment benefits because we don't pay into it as gig workers or, or freelancers, but also people who even with that, you know, that wasn't enough to completely cover all of their expenses. And there were times there in, in the deepest parts of the lockdown where, where some people's like, am I, is my job ever coming back? Like things like movie theaters is like right. movie theaters are like going to go away forever. So there were people who were turning to alternative revenue streams. And a lot of people would bring up OnlyFans. It's like, oh, people are selling naked pictures and stuff like that. But then there was like sort of like more, I guess, mainstreamy stuff. And that's where Twitch came up. Well, again, I'm not a video game person, but I knew that Twitch was used mainly for that. But even before this, I imagined the girl in a bikini top playing a video game to get people to watch her Twitch channel not even thinking about the more legitimate thing. Mm-hmm. But I was wondering, was like, I wonder if more people turn to things like OnlyFans and Twitch to monetize it, and maybe they did kind of have to cosplay as a gamer to get into the online gaming world <laughs> to monetize that aspect. Yeah, that could be. I mean, and it's difficult for me to really say too much about it, because on one hand, it's like, oh, you're not really a gamer. This is You're taking away, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, if I could make my money by just looking pretty and playing a game, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd quit my job right now. I think that if I started a Twitch channel where I wore a bikini, I could make money from people paying me to stop. That's possible. <laughs> I'll go grab my wallet. <laughs> but it was, but to your point, it's like what we had said earlier, though, in terms of, oh, non gamers are using Twitch and the non gamers should be kicked off of Twitch. But again, like we said earlier, the pandemic really started to redefine who is a gamer. And, yeah. and to a certain extent, like we said earlier, there was a little bit of a, uh, of a clickiness to gaming that, oh, you're not a real gamer. Go mm-hmm. away. But now it's become more expansive with the pandemic. Now I'm wondering if there's going to be a, a contraction again, if that acceptance of 
widening the community, lowering the barriers to entry, and being more inclusive. That happened during the pandemic because a lot of people were starved for social interaction, gamers and non-gamers alike. Are we going to see a contraction back to this is gamers for real gamers only? I think it will. It'll be. It'll probably be kind of slower. Okay. But yeah, I, I think as as the people that came into gaming only did it because they lost their social lives. Mm-hmm. As they start to go back to their normal social lives, they'll lose interest in gaming. I think they they may straggle and kind of jump in here and there. But I've already seen it in the game that I play. There, there's quite a few people that you know I was I was fairly close with for a while that they got busy with their real lives and they're like, yeah, I don't have time for the game anymore. Yeah, that's the other thing, too. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people who might even otherwise have wanted to be active in gaming, but did have busier lives and things that they didn't have time to dedicate to it. And the pandemic freed up pockets of time for them to invest in that. Right. And then they're pulling away, not because they weren't really interested in it, but things are returning to relative normality. But I think uh, State of Survival is an interesting example, though. You've kind of joked on a few occasions that you're kind of like the chief morale officer <laughs> in your alliance. That like You're not like one of the best players, right? but they keep you around for morale and because you make people laugh and stuff. <laughs> I, I'm not trying to speak for your alliance, but I wonder if that's something that they would have tolerated before the pandemic. You know, I don't know. I don't know. During this conversation, I kind of went back and looked, and I guess I, I started playing this game right as COVID was starting to be a thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I remembered playing somewhat before COVID, but I guess I didn't. It was because I didn't really get heavy into it until during COVID. But yeah, I don't. I don't know. They, uh, I was. I, I guess recently alliances merged in the game, so they're trying trying to make the alliance that I was in stronger. And so they brought in a lot of stronger players from other alliances. And so in doing so, they had to move weaker players out into another alliance. Like they call them family alliances where like, you know, if you're a lower level, you're in this one, but you're protected by the higher level alliance type thing. And so I was always joking like, oh, shit, I'm I'm next on the chopping block here. I'm on my way out. (laughs) You know, I don't I'm not really super active in the events, so I'm not really helping you guys out. Do you need me to go? Like I, I can go. It's okay. Like I, I can focus on my real life. You know, I want to get back into shape again. I want to do things. I need to focus on work. It's all right. You know, no hardship. And they're like, no, 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 no. You keep people happy because you're making them laugh. As a matter of fact, we'll make you one of the leaders because you're keeping people, yeah, going and, and laughing. I'm like, uh, well, I'm glad you find me amusing and that I can be your clown. I guess. Every court needs a jester. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's, it's an important role, and I, I take it seriously. And who knows? Maybe that is something that will survive post-pandemic, that maybe more people will... Find me funny? Well, well uh, that's yeah, a stretch. That's, that's, that's a stretch, Mike. I was thinking that maybe the pandemic caused gamers to include more people in their circle that they might have excluded because they assumed they wouldn't fit in. Maybe because they didn't appear to be very good at the game, or maybe just for other reasons, and it seemed like they would work for the click. And then they were pleasantly surprised that some of those people worked out, and they did expand their social circle a little bit, and mm-hmm. it will survive post-pandemic because of, again, that initial expansion of who's accepted in this in-group. Right. That got, those boundaries got expanded. It'll, it'll contract a little bit, 
but I think it will probably still stay a little bit wider than it was before the pandemic. Yeah, maybe like 5% yeah. bigger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree with that. So, I mean, but it's still significant, and I think it's an important aspect of online gaming. But I think also with, with the exodus of all the people leaving the gaming, I think those of us that are used to it are going to be like, where'd everybody go? (laughs) I'm still here. Come play. Everybody went outside to play. Oh, it hurts out there. (laughs) So other than state of survival, one of the things I was curious about during the pandemic, because you game a lot more than I do. Did you try like different types of games? Yeah, I've always been on the search for like, so... I don't sit still well, like, and it's, it's really weird again, introvert, <laughs> but I don't sit still well. Like I'm, I'm always moving. I'm always doing something. I'm fidgety. So when I'm watching TV or movies, which obviously I do a lot of something's got to keep me physically busy while I'm watching. Otherwise I'm not going to sit still through it. So I've always been, I'm trying to find games that I can mindlessly play while I'm watching what I'm watching, which is why I started playing state of survival was I'm like, Oh, I'm just playing by myself, killing zombies. That's cool. You know, gathering resources. That's easy. I can do that on the side while I'm watching TV. Ended up not being that kind of game, but I still just play it while I'm watching TV (laughs) in the process of trying to find that game. And even during this game, like sometimes I'm like, I don't really want to play this anymore. I've almost quit many times, but it's the community that keeps me there. And I don't want to let them down. I like talking to them. They're good people. So I stay. So um, it's it's the community, not the game. Yes. And and again, you started playing during the pandemic, but you probably technically, but you probably would have still given the game a try. Yeah. But you're staying for the community, not the game. Correct. Yeah, I, I'm I've always been trying to find the game that I can just casually play when I want to play while I'm watching TV. Okay. So I keep like and it's it's frustrating because I keep starting a game thinking, okay, weekends or something. If I've got three hours that I'm sitting here watching TV, play that game. But if I don't play it for a couple weeks, it's fine. And then those games tend to be boring. And so I don't really want to play them anymore. And so I find this one thinking that's what that's going to be. And now this becomes almost a second job. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm lacking on the the working out and the folk and eating right and stuff like that. Because I'm like, I got to make sure I'm doing these things. And now I don't have time to take care of myself. Right. So it's it's a difficult balance sometimes. Yeah, it definitely is. That wasn't really... I mean, I answered your question, but I took <laughs> it a completely different route than what your question actually was. No, but that was beneficial in terms of, of things that you need to do to take care of yourself. Because again, like we said, that's kind of what the major reason we're talking about this is that that component that online gaming brought to people, especially to people who had not done a lot of online or mobile gaming before, and why it really did help save their sanity and in some cases maybe even save their lives literally during Mm. the pandemic one of the things i always wonder especially like we had talked about earlier we met five and a half years ago at a board game board Mm. gaming group in person and then later became friends online gaming usually doesn't have the same conversion rate for lack of a better term like a lot of the people i think you play with are all around the world? All over the world. All yeah. over the world. Like, are, are there anyone, is there anyone that you play with in that game that's nearby? Define nearby. Like, within driving distance? Um, like, a couple of hours, two, three hours driving distance? The closest one in the alliance that I'm in that I'm aware of is about three hours away in Kansas City. 
not very socially active in the game. Otherwise, I think the next closest one, I don't know, Texas, there, there's Salt Lake City, some in California, some on the East Coast. But majority of them, uh, Europe, Australia, uh, Middle East. Okay. Does that game have like Hearthstone, which is the, the digital mobile game that I play, they haven't done it for a long time because of the pandemic, but they would occasionally have in-person events mm-hmm. where people would go to a convention and you're still playing the same game, but you're literally in the room with the people that you're playing against. And there was a, basically tournaments and stuff like that where they would like put up the game on the big screen and people can get into it like a spectator sport type of thing. Is yeah. there anything like that for State of Survival? Not that I'm aware of. Uh, I, know, I know some of the core group we've talked about getting together at some point, maybe doing going camping or, or something like that just to get together. and you mean like a real-life thing? Like yeah. not like get together in the same room and play the game? <laughs> oh, we've actually joked about we're going to get together and we're all going to be on our phones playing the game instead of talking to each other. <laughs> <laughs> but more of a just see if we're the same in person as we are in the game, which, I mean, I know I am. I'm a, I'm a joke either way. Well, I wonder a little bit about that, the positive effect of gaming that we're talking about Mm -hmm. uh, that happened during the online gaming world is it gave people an outlet that they needed. Is there going to be a vacuum that happens of that those friendships will just crumble and disappear now that people go back to their real life? Either because, again, they're busy again, they don't have the free time, and then or they can just go and do things, especially if they weren't originally big into gaming and they just disappear. Could that almost have a a negative backlash against the positive things psychologically that online gaming did during the pandemic. No, I don't think so. <laughs> so did I just hurt your brain with an overly analytical question? No, I just, <laughs> I, I'm trying to figure out how to answer it accurately. So one thing I've noticed again, I've, I've been in the online gaming for 20 years okay. you know, in various aspects, different ways. And I've noticed that the, the longer you spend in a particular game, you notice how much of a revolving door it is. Oh, okay. Pe- people come in, they may play for six months, like real heavy for six months, get, you know, they're really active for a while or maybe a year, or maybe two years, but then eventually they fade away. Okay. And, and other people come in and go. So people are always coming and going. And so like when I say, when I said earlier about like the core group, there was maybe seven or eight people that were really active together and really played together. And we were, you know, we're talking all day, every day. And, I think out of that core group, maybe two of us are left, and now different people have come in. And so that's just the way it always ends up going. So I, I think of the people that are used to online gaming, it's not really going to feel any different other than instead of 30 people, maybe there's 25 now, but it's going to be different people either way. Well, let me also, also ask this, as I mentioned earlier, that one of the things that was interesting to me about the online board gaming group that I joined, again, of people who I actually already knew in real life. So that aspect of they weren't strangers, I knew who they were, but we enjoyed being able to talk during the audio audio chat and we used it as an excuse to talk about things other than just the game itself, which is what we would typically do when we were playing in person. Were the conversations and the interactions that you were having, were they all game related or was it, does life stuff come up a lot too? No, it's mostly life stuff. Mostly life stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, we talk about the game too, like strategy and stuff, but it's mostly like, oh, hey, how was your day? What's going on? And then, you know, I make fun of something or joke about something and (laughs) then they start in on it. It gets kind of in, I don't know. I I guess that's my role 
is mm-hmm. to get the conversation going in a ridiculous way, and then everybody <laughs> starts joking and having fun. Now, is that something that has always been a part of online gaming culture, or is that something that the pandemic ramped up, uh, amped up a bit? I don't know how to answer that, because it's always been part of my gaming culture, because that's me. Okay. I mean, I'm sure you've probably noticed that, that I say absolutely ridiculous things fairly regularly to try to get people to laugh. Exactly. Usually it fails. Yes. I'm much better typing than I am <laughs> speaking. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess it is normal from my perspective, but I don't really know if it's normal outside of the me-verse. <laughs> the Mike-verse. Yeah. Ooh, that's a scary verse. You don't want to be here for long. <laughs> Not recommended. Indeed. All right. Is so, there anything else you can think of? No, again, it, it was an interesting... I'm, I'm glad that a member of your alliance... Uh, recommended the topic because it wasn't something I really thought too much about. I thought about it a little bit, but a lot of things have been caused to reevaluate what we spend our time on and and what adds something positive to our lives when we had so much to deal with during the pandemic, especially when other avenues and other outlets got closed to us for a while. Yeah, And and now that that's starting to thankfully open open back up, online gaming obviously is is not going away. It was huge before the pandemic. It's going to be huge after the pandemic. And it's still going to be something that I do a lot on a daily basis. But yeah, it's definitely a a very welcome distraction and a very welcome outlet, regardless of what's happening in the world. But definitely during the pandemic. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how things change and remain the same. Yes. So I think you need to. I think it's time for you to go farm some tomatoes. Yeah, my tomatoes are are drooping. Yeah, because they, they, they certainly need, they don't. Need attention. They certainly don't need you to kill any zombies because you suck no, at that. Right. Yep. I I need to grab my farming tools and go farm tomatoes, even though I don't know how to farm and I actually hate tomatoes. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Fanboy and the Hater. We really appreciate it and would love to hear your feedback. Give us a rating. Write a review. Reach out to us on Twitter at fanboyandhater. Email us at thefanboyandthehater at gmail.com. You can find all of our episodes on our website, fanboyandhater.podbean.com. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Where you can download the free Podbean mobile app for Android and iOS. You can also find us on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many more. Once again, thanks for listening to The Fanboy and the Hater.